Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thank you, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, what kind of legacy are you building right now. See, we're all moving into our second week in this teaching series called Legacy, and we're challenging you with this question, like what kind of legacy are you building? We spent the first week teaching what a legacy life is and how you live a legacy life. A legacy life is a life which, which outlives you, right? And not, it's not only how you're going to be remembered, but it's, it's measured by the impact that you're leaving behind. Listen, listen to our theme verse uh, for this series. It comes from Psalm 112. It says this, Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil, and those who are righteous will long be remembered. If you want to withstand the corruption and the evil that plagues this world, and it certainly does, right? You need to be building a legacy of generosity and grace. We learned in this first week that you can start building a legacy life by being intentional with your decision making. So be intentional about giving what you have. It doesn't have to be monetary. It can be time, talent, knowledge, all, you know, that, that kind of thing. Be intentional about serving other people and be intentional about sharing Jesus. Now, I want to come back to this idea of being generous, that someone 12 talks about. Generosity is vitally important to living a legacy life. And there are all kinds of different motivations we can use for being generous. And one of the key motivations, which you see often in scripture over and over and over again, is this idea of heaven. We have this small window of time on earth to live our lives in such a way that it makes a difference for eternity. And typically one of the motivations you'll find for making a difference, particularly in the New Testament portion of the Bible, is heaven itself. So there was a survey done not long ago, uh, some years back by uh, a lot, of, you know, re research firms do them all the time, but one in particular did this uh, survey and found that 96% of Americans believe in some form of afterlife. And we brought this scripture up last week, but Ecclesiastes 3.11 teaches us that God has placed eternity in the hearts of every person. So it shouldn't surprise us then that nearly everybody believes in some sort of life after this one because we innately know the eternity it's, you know, exists. It's been placed in our DNA. So it makes sense then that we see heaven used often as a motivating factor for making a difference. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul, he wants his protege, a young pastor named Timothy, uh, to do this. Look at 1 Timothy 6 verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, live, live a legacy life, you might say, right? Uh, they should be rich in good works and be generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. 
Paul's saying, you know, hey, make sure that, you know, as their pastor, Timothy, you're teaching about the importance of investing in eternity. If they do that, they'll store up treasure in heaven and they'll take hold of the life that really awaits for them in God's kingdom. So one of the reasons, you know, Paul addresses this to, to those who are, you know, is wealthy is because research has shown time and time again, it's not the, the wealthy who are really the most generous, okay? A lot of folks say, if I win the lottery, I'll, I'll do all kinds of great generous donations. It's actually not true, because uh, rather the less you have, the more generous you tend to be, you know, because there's less to tie you to this world than somebody who's in the 1%, right? But, but this message is not overall, it's, it's not solely for those who are wealthy. It's important because for all of us here, uh, we need to take away what Paul is trying to tell Timothy, that our lives should be directed towards eternity more than anything else. They should be directed towards what is of eternal value. Now, why is that? Why should you direct your life towards eternity more than everything else in this present world? Well, because heaven and not earth is your home. Jesus promised this world would be difficult. In fact, in John 14, he kind of puts it like this. John 14, 1, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and also trust in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. And if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I'm gonna come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. You're, you're not from around here. I don't know if you know this or not, but you're not from around here, man. You're just passing through. As a follower of Christ, your home is in God's kingdom. It's in heaven. Again, I think it's easier to grasp this reality when you have less. And that's because the more you have, the more you tend to think, well, this is really all that you have. But listen to the words uh, from Paul here in his letter to the Philippians, Philippians 3.18. He says, for I've told you often before, and I, I say it again with tears in my eyes. See the emotion really that's, that's behind this. That there are many whose conduct shows they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. So in other words, like how they're living their lives is not matching up with their faith. And they're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. They think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens, this is important, of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. That last verse is really important. We're citizens of heaven. Now, I don't think you should be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, but you have to be careful not to be so earthly minded that you forget where you truly belong. This world's got a lot of problems, and, and to think that we're living in some good times is to probably be pretty naive, I would think, right? So the whole world can sense it. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but things just are, are not right. And it's not just here in America. Just around the world, people are sensing something's not jiving as it should. Listen to me. As you form your opinion, as you ask questions, as you prepare to get involved or whatever it is you want to do, just remember this. Remember where you're going. There's a great scene in the film Miracle that was, that was all about the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. That team pulled off just the greatest upset, I think, in all of sports, beating the Soviet Union on its way to, to winning the gold medal. And, and, and these guys, they finish an exhibition game tied. 
uh, but Coach Herb Brooks makes them skate suicides. And so at the end of the game, like they're tired, they're puking, they're worn out. And he asks his players for their name and who they play for. So he's like, hey, hey, Jim Craig, who do you play for? I'm Jim Craig, Boston U. He blows the whistle, they skate again. Who do you play for? Mike Ramsey, Minnesota. And he blows the whistle again. And finally he says, uh, who do you play for? Mike Urizioni says, I play for the United States of America. And they stop. Because his message was the name on the front, the United States, was more important than the one on the back. They were Americans playing for America. You know, we are Christians who are citizens of heaven. We are not Americans first. We're not Italians first or Cubans first. We're Christians first. We're citizens of the kingdom of God that trumps everything else. Don't let this world suck you in. Remember where you're going so you can remember who you belong to. So keep your life directed towards eternity because heaven and not earth is your home. And because the line, it's, it's longer than the dot. You know, your life is like a small dot. You know, it's, it's small, it's finite, there's an end to it. But you're heading towards a line, really, which is infinite, which goes on forever. That's eternity. And so it makes sense then to pour everything you have, not into what's temporary, the dot, but what lasts for forever, you know, eternity. The Bible honors people who saw their lives this way. That's Hebrews chapter 11. It's one of the most famous passages in all of Scripture. It's called the Hall of Faith because it contains so many people who had great faith. So you get names like Moses and Abraham and David. All that's in the first half. But near the end, the author talks about a nameless multitude who were tortured and killed and in prison, like you name it, all for their faith. And things worked out for, you know, for some here on earth, but for a lot of them, it just didn't. And listen to what he says about them. I like how the message puts this. Hebrews 11, verse 13. Each one of these people of faith died, not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. Now, how did they do it? Well, they saw it way off in the distance. They waved their greeting and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. They, they understood they were passing through, right? People who live this way make it plain that they're looking for their true home. If they are homesick for the old country, they could have gone back anytime they wanted, but they were after a far better country than that, heaven country. And you can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. You know, one of the reasons people don't like talking about heaven is they're convinced that this life on earth is going to be a lot better. Heaven sounds pretty boring, you know? Like the basic understanding that so many folks have about heaven is you get angels' wings, you sit on clouds like a little fat cherub, and, and you sing in a choir, which to me sounds more like, oh, than heaven. I know I said it, I went there, but whew. Anyway, heaven is not the final destination. Revelation 21 tells us that, you know, God is creating a new heaven and a new earth, and, and you won't be sitting around on clouds. You know, you know, go back and listen, by the way, to the final message in our Home Again series. We did, we did it a few weeks back. It's called the Father's Celebration. Listen to that message because there's going to be partying. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be loud. It's going to be amazing in heaven. So keep your life directed towards eternity because there's limited time, but incredible opportunity.
See, everyone has limited time here on earth, but not everyone has incredible opportunity. We are blessed to be in America, and for all of its issues everybody argues about, the fact is, it's still the greatest nation on the planet, and it has the most opportunity you'll ever find. The whole world clamors to get in every year for that reason, and I think because we have such incredible opportunity, you know, God expects more of us. You know, but we have to be strategic because our time is limited. Our lives, the Bible says, are like a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And when you realize you have more time, you know, on the yet-to-live side than the already-lived side, it, it, it'll wake you up a little bit to opportunity, you know, because you see the opportunity, and so you start building and building and building and building. But once you cross the Rubicon and you have more years on the already-lived side of life, you kind of shift gears a little bit, and you go from building to finishing. No matter where you find yourself, know that you live in a time period of incredible opportunity. Think of all the technological advances in the last 30 years and how it's changed the world. Think about how quickly we can communicate now and connect with other people. Uh, we have some wild opportunities right now, but also on the horizon. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And look at this. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. There's a story about Winston Churchill and the underground bunker that he operated from in World War II. He had, he had a poster which said, self-indulgence at this time is helping the enemy. And the point was to let the UK know that there is a time to enjoy yourself. Uh, but that time's not right now. If you do that now, you're helping the enemy, you're helping the Nazis out. Now's the time to work together, to sacrifice, to be selfless. So victory and not defeat would be within the Allies' grasp. Gotta say that we need to take a page from that as Christians and recognize that our moment we're living in right now is important. And seize the opportunities which arise for us, not for our benefit, but for God's kingdom. So keep your life trended towards eternity because it's smart. Now, that sounds too simplistic, I know. But when Jesus spoke of heaven and making a difference, you know, he'd say things like this. Look at Matthew 6, 19. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat and rust destroys and thieves can break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So in other words, invest in me, put it towards me, watch what happens. If you invest in the market, you're either one of two types of people. Either you invest long-term, and it's kind of like a set and forget it mindset. You got 20, 30, maybe even 40 years, depending on how young you are. So you're kind of like, I'm, I'm investing and not caring. Or you're the type of person who checks every day, multiple times a day. You know, why? Because well, your heart is, is where your investments are, you know? We, you see, we put our finances, our, our time, our energy into things which have our hearts. Our kids have our hearts, right? And so we're worn out every night. <laughs> Listen to this uh, story that Christ tells about our heart's condition and why it's important. Look at Luke 12, verse 16. A rich man had a, a fertile farm that produced fine crops, and he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops, all my stuff. Then he said, I know, I'm going to tear my barns down and build bigger barns, and I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and all my goods. See, he erroneously thought that his extras were all for him, but they're not. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away from years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. He thought because he had more stuff, he had more time. 
But those two things don't always correlate. Verse number 20, But God said to him, You fool, you'll die this very night. And then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. There's a couple of different key takeaways from the story, but one of them centers on being generous. If you're directing everything towards heaven, you're going to be a generous person. And all the extras, well, they're, you know, they're actually not for you. They're to bless other people. Generosity is a key component to living a legacy life. So what are some ways we can be generous with what we have? Well, first, you can give yourself to God. Uh, Jesus doesn't ask for your stuff. He asks for you. And if he gets you, then he gets all of you. Not, not like part of you, the whole thing. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 tells us that we don't belong to ourselves. Rather, we belong to God who bought us with a price. What was that price? It was the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus. Second, act like the manager and not the owner. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The whole world and all of its people belong to Him. If God owns it all, then what is your job? Your job is to manage what God has given to you and take care of it for Him. So ask the Lord. Say, hey, what would you have me do for you? You, know, you give me talents and resources and wealth. You've given me knowledge. What do I, what do, I do with all of this? Where, where should I serve? What should I give? What do you want from me? You know, at Radiant, we, we've never done a single fundraiser since the launch of this church two years ago. We don't hand out pledge cards. We don't do that kind of thing. Um, in our short time here, we have simply asked you to pray for what God would have you give uh, in one offering a year. And that's, that's our legacy offering. And then let's go ahead and do it. And, and that, that's it. We believe every follower of Christ should tithe. We teach that. We had a great teaching last year on that in a series called Thanks and Giving. Go back and in, to uh, November 2021, listen to that or, or watch that. We believe in giving to missions. And we know that's an over and above giving. That's what offering is. We encourage you to give towards missions, but we believe outside of God's command for us to tithe, everything else is really between us and Him, right? Like you ask Him, you know, what do you want me to do? And then He directs you to something and you just do it. Third, view everything through the lens of eternity. It is really important to view people with an eternal perspective. Each and every soul matters. I, I pray over every single chair in this room. I don't know if you guys know that. If you're watching right now, you wouldn't know that, I guess. But, you know, at times I've gotten a little anointing oil out annoyed all of our chairs, the doorposts, not only the stage. Why? Because every person who comes through these doors, every person who sits in a chair on Sunday who watches right now or listens right now, like you guys matter. Every soul uh, person has a soul that needs Jesus. When what's taught from the stage, it matters because I believe that, you know, when you teach the Word of God, it doesn't return empty, right? There's a spiritual deposit made and there's a heart. When the heart says yes to Christ, man, then that means God's up to something incredible and a changed life occurs. And that matters. But with that in mind, keep, the, keep this in mind, though. We're all just passing through. Every soul matters. Every soul needs Christ. But remember, this world's not your home. Stupid thing that someone said or did, how does that stack up with eternity in mind? Is it worth cutting them off for good? You know, that relationship which is broken, is it worth repairing knowing eternity is at stake? You know, because see, like when you view folks through an eternal perspective, it'll change how you treat them. It'll change how you handle them and how you handle conflicts. I mean, honestly, it really just changes everything. Finally, be intentional. Be intentional about where you serve. Be intentional about who you invite. Be intentional about you know, who you reach out to and disciple. Be intentional about what you give. Be intentional about your decisions. 
I like the, the message again, how it describes Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 9. Look at this. It says, remember, stingy planter gets a stingy crop. That makes sense. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and then make up your own mind what you will get. Now look at what he says here. That'll protect you against the sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. So be intentional. What could God do through you? What could God do through our church, through Radiant, to impact this community and the world for Him? See, I, I firmly believe it's in God's plans for this church to plant other churches and communities and places, and nobody really wants to go. Like, I really believe it's in His plan, you know, for us as a church to not just fund missionaries, but send missionaries to the hardest places to reach around the world. I don't know the timeline. I once had a goal when I thought it should all happen, but I realized over the years that our job is to be faithful. And when you're faithful, 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 you know what God is? Man, God one day shows up and it's all fruitful. And I believe that day is coming. And when it does, you know what? We're going to continue to be intentional. While serving as a youth pastor in Nashville, I also served as a, a volunteer hospital chaplain. I'll never forget watching you know, the first patient I ministered to code. When you see somebody die for the first time, boy, that'll shake you. And over the years, I've had the privilege to speak with people on their deathbeds, to watch them take their last breath. And you know what I've never heard? I've never heard somebody say how much they'll miss their money or miss their vacation home or miss their cars or anything like that. Because you can't take those things with you. What they missed were the birthday parties and stuff their kids had, the walks with their spouse, the times of friends and family. They missed all the things which mattered. And it was those things they wished they could have more of and could relive again. And for some, that was it. They, they didn't know Jesus. So they went into eternity, and that's kind of all there was for them. But for those who knew the Lord, it, there was a whole different angle to this. They knew they were going home. They'd spent their lives investing in things which mattered. And also, that meant investing in things that were eternal. When you invest your finances, or your time, or your energy, and your gifts and resources into eternity, you're on your way to building and leaving a legacy that will live on long after you've left this world and head home. So store up, as Jesus says, treasures in heaven. God, I pray for you here today. Father, I thank you for those who are watching and listening right now. What a reminder for us to invest in eternity and the things that matter, to store up treasure in heaven. Lord, may we have the mindset that we are looking uh, for what's eternal, that we're just passing through this world. This world's not our home. It's temporary. So may we put energy and time, investment, Lord, resources into things which matter most, which live on forever. God, may we continue to build a legacy which honors you, which leads to change lives and change hearts, God. Uh, may we understand that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven first before anything and everything else. We're your people. We belong to you. May we have eternity in front of us. Uh, and we, when we view people in conflicts and all types of things through that lens of eternity so that we can store treasure in heaven, that we can build and leave a legacy that will impact and change lives for all of eternity. Thank you for who you are, for what you're going to do. We ask all this in your name. Amen. 
Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.